the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. This is the fifth part in our series on the seven churches from Revelation. In this episode, we look into the church in Smyrna. The main reading is Hebrews chapter 12. I just wanted to read that because obviously the, uh, the Hebrew church was um, they having some difficulties, some opposition, and uh, the, the uh, encouragement was to keep their eyes on Jesus, wasn't it? Get your eyes on him, don't turn back, don't go back. And of course we had the second church, at the church in Smyrna, um, and uh, we're just, just going to read that uh, to the angel of the church in Smyrna, the, the, the messenger, the pastor is going to read this out to the church. Um, the pastor's reading, these are the words of him who was first and last who died, who has died and now came to life again. I know your afflictions, I know your poverty, yet you are rich. I know the slander of those who say they are Jews, but are not, they are for the synagogue of Satan. Do not be afraid, fear not, of what you are about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison, test you, and you will suffer persecution for ten days. Be faithful, even to the point of death, and I will give you the crown of life. He was in ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He overcomes will not be hurt at all by the second death. Second church, Smyrna, was about give or take 40 miles north of Ephesus. Again, one of those port cities uh, with two harbours. Um, beautiful city, they say. Um, it, it named itself the glory and pride of Asia. Nothing like self-praise, but it, it's a beautiful. It's, it's actually the only place now where there's a city. All the others are derelict. Yeah. It's the only place uh, where there's um, a church now, still, in Izmir. About the third biggest uh, uh, city in uh, Turkey, about three million people there now. Um, uh, it's it's quite amazing that the different uh, things that crop up. The, obviously, the Lord knew about the background because He knows everything, and he, um, that it was, I don't know, give or take, uh, found in about thousand BC, give or take, and sacked in a few hundred years later. And Alexander rose it up again and built it again with a lot of Greek uh, influences and, and through the years they've had lots of earthquakes where it's falling and risen again so when Jesus said like I'm the one who's, who's risen and died and risen again he, he was he was uh, talking about them but of course again in this place because it was port cosmopolitan um, very idolatrous uh, they were the main street was called the golden street full of idolatry full of temples um, it was uh, overshadowed by a, a, a mountain which was called the crown again which come back to that in a moment and at the bottom of that part of that hill there was a temple of the Zeus mm-hmm. and you know it was full um, but also Izmir the, the people of Izmir or, or Smyrna then uh, which means myrrh again which is quite interesting because it, it had the exclusive rights for the import and export of myrrh uh, there and uh, I was listening to some guy who said perhaps even the wise men might have purchased the um, myrrh from there and he said certainly the, the myrrh that Jesus was embalmed in came from there because they were the, the main uh, thrust of it but it was a, a, quite a clever city in a sense that it always um, when war broke out or when enemies came they always picked the right side um, which is always a good thing and they always picked the right side and so they were loyal to Rome so much so that uh, Caesar worship 
um, grew up there. It was, it was the first uh, and only city at the time in Asia to build a temple to the Roman Caesar, 26 AD, to Tiberius. And of course, what happened then is to trade or to be, um, to be involved in anything there, you had to burn incense once a year to, the Caesar, to Caesar and say, Caesar is Lord. Um, so there's the picture. There's, there's a beautiful city. Um, and it's also, I was, again, because it, it's, it's shaped in, one, in, in a westerly uh, facing, there's always a, a breeze coming up there, which says, uh, compared to all the other cities, it's, it, when I say cool, cooler. <laughs> so it's quite, quite a, a lovely climate. And, and uh, So there we have uh, this, this church built there. How, how did it be, get built there? Well, of course, last week we read how Ephesus was built. Mm. Paul preached for two and a half years in the um, Tyrannus' Hall, and the Bible says that in Acts 19, everyone from Asia came through and heard the gospel. So more than likely, they do say he might have spent a night there, but who knows. But certainly converts went from there and set up a church in Smyrna. And uh, so there's where we are. He, he comes, and uh, interesting that Jesus has no censure for this church. There's no um, reprimand for this church because they, they're in real trouble. Um, and Jesus didn't kick us when we down. Was it a perfect church? Probably not. But because they were in so much difficulty, he said, no, no I'm going to come and just let's, let's have, a, have a little look at this. Uh, the great commendation. It was, a, remember, all the churches were suffering because persecution had gone through. Because John, remember, John was on Patmos. Mm -hmm. So every church was being persecuted to a certain degree, but nothing like this. Nothing like this. Real... Um, uh, Real, real strong, and we'll see how, see how difficult it, it was for them in a moment. The first thing Jesus introduces himself. Remember, every time he introduces himself to each church, is specific to that church to encourage them, to challenge them, to remind them who a particular characteristic of Jesus that they need to know at that time. So, what does he say to them? I am the first and the last. I mean, I'm, I'm in charge. Don't, don't, don't worry. Don't fret. It's a lovely, um, uh, because th this particular phrase, first and the last, appears how many times do you think in, in the Bible? What number did we say seven, right at the beginning? Seven, seven, seven times. There we are. Seven times. And again, one, a lovely verse here that, that uh, we can contradict when the Jehovah's Witnesses come. Oh, Jesus God. No, he's not. But let's, let's look at this title. This title, Jesus said, I am the first and the last. Let's see who else said it of himself. Isaiah 44, verse 6. Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am the first, and I am the last, and beside me there is no God. Thus God speaking. I am the first, and I am the last. Jesus comes along and says, I am the first and the last. Oh, well, we've got a problem here. Yeah. Haven't we? Well, we haven't got a problem because we know he is who he says he is. So that's the first thing. He's telling them, look, he's sovereign. He's, he started, he'll finish it, and he is all under control. It's all under control. And then he comes with this beautiful, because remember, they, they're going to be faced with this very, very soon. I was dead, but now I'm alive. Now, n none of us can say that. We can say it the other way around. We are alive, and we will be dead. But Jesus said, I was dead. And now I'm alive. And uh, again, that just stirred their hearts. Jesus has gone ahead of us. Jesus died and rose again. Um, uh, John 11, John 11, 25, 26. 
Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and life. The one who believes in me will live even through, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? I am the resurrection and the life. Remember, that would, they knew, they had the God's word then. This was, remember, this was about um, 95, you know, nearly the 100 AD, give or take. So they had God's word. They certainly had the gospels. So that when Jesus said, I was dead and alive, Immediately those verses, I am the resurrection life, would have come flooding back into their hearts to give them encouragement. Because death was a very real prospect. Now to us, that's not a prospect, is it? But when it is, I tell you what, it clarifies your mind. And, um, you know, the stress. Isn't it? When, if you know you're going to die imminently, what a difference that makes in, in everything. But, of course, with the gospel. And then they would have, this verse... These verses uh, from 1, 1 Corinthians 15 would have hopefully flooded their hearts as well. When Jesus said, I was dead, I am alive, this is what it means to you. 1 Corinthians 15, 55, 58. Oh death, where is your sting? Oh Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks to God, be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labour is not in vain in the Lord. Again, those verses, beautiful. Death, where is your death? Doesn't mean, and we'll see it in a moment at the end. Uh, one of the the bishops, the bishop of, of Smyrna, Polycarp, who went to his death there, and and what he said in his death. Oh, the, the grace, but power, hope, death. Where is your sting? It just an entry, a gateway to eternity, isn't it? That's the Lord. Um, so those, that's what he, so he was. That's the foundation. I am the first of the last. I was dead. I am alive. Then he says, I know. And of course, we've looked at that word, don't we? I know. I see. I understand. I've got first-hand knowledge. I see it. I know it. I, I'm, I'm among you. I walk among you. But also, Jesus could identify with their suffering because Jesus <coughs> suffered. Um, and you know when We'll talk a minute about why we go through suffering. Is that we can identify with people, can't we? We can, we can come alongside and say, I know exactly how you're feeling. I know exactly how you are. Because, you know, we, we've had some similar situation going through. And uh, what does Paul say? The comfort I received, not just for me, was it? No, that I can show comfort to those around. And that's the great, and that's the, the power of the gospel. But then he says this, three things. I know your tribulation. I know your poverty. And I know the slander that is said of you. Now, tribulation, um, that means a great burden, a crushing, a debilitation. Now, uh, the, Ro the Romans, um, they had some great ways of um, torture and killing. Of course, they, they perfected crucifixion. They knew what, the, they knew what it was. To, but this one um, uh, torture was what they would, a couple of ways they could do. They'd lie on the floor, obviously tie you up because you'd be running, and put weights on your chest. Um, Either, either they put weights or they get a big boulder with, uh, connected to a rope and they'd lower it on you. Little by little by little. And that's the picture. The pressure, the burden getting heavier and heavier and heavier till you cannot breathe. That's what happens, isn't it? You can't breathe when there's, the weight is so much. He said, I know it. I know it's exactly like that. I know the pressure you're under. So much so it's, it's debilitating. It's squeezing the life out of you. I know. I've seen it. I know your poverty. 
and this, same, this word poverty is the same as we found. We looked at in uh, uh, Matthew 5, for blessed are the poor in spirit. It's not the poor uh, word for poor where you have just enough. This is the word poor where you're absolutely <coughs> deprived. There's nothing you haven't got. You, you, you resort to beg, begging. Nothing. That's how poor they were. And you say, well, how is that? Well, the trouble is, it, it, they are trade guilds. If you didn't belong to a trade guild or trade union, you couldn't really really trade or, do, or have a job, certainly, but trade within, within the marketplace. And to belong to a trade guild, you had to, um, again, burn incense to the altar, to, to the thing, and then they would have meals, but of course their meals turned into drunkenness and orgies. Um, so what would a Christian do? Well, he couldn't go and start the, the meal with offering to idols, isn't he? He certainly couldn't stay there and, and get drunk as a skunk and, and with the orgies after. So, so he, he immediately was putting himself outside and then that's why he was absolutely for their stand. Yeah. And God said, I see it. I see it. I see your stand. I see your poverty because you're standing. But I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I see it. I see your poverty. And I see the slander that is against you. And he said, this, it's amazing if you read the book of Acts, um, the greatest persecution or the majority of persecution or difficulty that the church had was from who? The Jews. It was the Jews that, that caused most of the trouble, didn't it? And uh, we'll see that in a minute. But let's look at that. Uh, and of course, then he comes and says, look, uh, they are waiting for a word that says, now, come on, boys, I see, I see your, your tribulation, your, your poverty and your slander. Now I'm going to bring you out of it. Oh, oh we're going to deliver you. He said, um, uh, sorry, boys, do not be afraid. You've got something more to suffer coming up now. And, and see, that's not talking about in church, are we? Because we've, we've been infiltrated. When you come to the Lord, everything is going to go wonderful. You'll have no problems ever again. And uh, as one man said, my problems began when I gave you Christian because the enemy was out for me. Uh, now, we know the Lord is with us. That's the greater difference, isn't it? The Lord is with us and he'll carry us sometimes. Uh, but we are guaranteed difficult. But I want to talk about the poverty and because obviously he said, you are poor. But then he uses a, in brackets in some of your Bibles a parenthesis, but you are rich. Isn't that interesting? How we define poor and rich. And as we come to the other churches, some of the other churches were very rich, but in God's eyes they were very poor. See, God, we need God's perspective on something. And because he's bringing an eternal perspective. Let's read, uh, see what Jesus said um, in the Gospels. Uh, Luke 12, this is from... Um, uh, 13 to 21 this one someone in the crowd said to him teacher tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me Jesus replied man who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you then he said to them watch out be on your guard against all kinds of greed a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions and he told him this parable the ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop he thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will sow all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? 
This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich towards God. We've said it many times before, that he can't take anything with you. There's no removal of hands behind a hearse. Um, and yet we still plough our efforts in. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. They had nothing. They were poor. He said, you're rich because you have me. You're with me. And, and the cattle on a thousand hills is mine. The inheritance is certain. That's why Jesus said um, these words. Uh, same Luke 12, it's 33 and 34. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourself that not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near, no mock destroys. Or where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Yeah, there's your heart. If you're investing in the kingdom, you're investing in eternity, there your heart will be. If you're invested in this world, your heart will be here, and then things go wrong, and you're down in the dumps a bit. And Jesus very clear, do not store up treasure here. Do not store up treasure here. Uh, he said, where moth and, uh, and rust corrupt, get your treasure. How does he say you do that? Give it. Give. Of course, uh, ultimately there he's talking about money. But give of your time. Give of your time. Give of yourself. Serving the Lord. Serving. Um, because, again, he's, he's getting their minds from eternity. Because uh, they can see it's a wealthy city. They're looking at the wealth around them. And they are begging. And, of course, the devil is going to come and whisper, Oh, what are you serving? Like the Hebrew church, you better go back, you better go back. Because remember, if they were Jews, most of them may well have been Jews. Jews is a protective religion, uh, religious licitia, uh, I think, something like that. Licitia, and then the other one was illicit. Uh, it was protected, so they, would, they could trade, they could trade. They were even exempt from incense to uh, emperor uh, for that particular thing. So... Um, they would be in whispered, but Jesus was reminding them. They, again, knew those words, Jesus' words, and, and these words as well. 2 Corinthians 4, 16-18. Therefore, do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly, inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For how light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that are far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Yeah. He's getting their minds on eternity. Um, isn't it amazing we still run in this time as if we're going to be here forever, don't we? And not for eternity. Eternity is where we're going. And Jesus said, look, I see a poverty. And I love the word because the poverty is the lowest, isn't it? That's begging. But he said, you are rich. And that's the polar opposite word. It means you're absolutely, uh, we would say, stinking rich. And of course we are. Our, our eternal inheritance cannot be touched. One change. It is there waiting for us, isn't it? Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. So he, he's, he's stirring the heart. And of course, he said, I know you're slander. And again, uh, Jesus knew. Because remember, Jesus had great tribulation, didn't he? Didn't he? <coughs> remember, even on, in, in, the, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he, he could see the weight of it, he sweat drops of blood. Paul, well, Bible says uh, when he, he began his ministry, he had to have funds from, from the ladies. So ladies would fund it. Bless you. Thank you, ladies. You were funding him. But he said, I have nowhere to lay my head. He knew poverty, knew poverty. And he knew slander. 
He knew slander, didn't he? Um, uh, what did they say he was? You keep in bad company. You're a sinner. You're a drunkard. You're a glutton. You're a blasphemer. You're insane. You're possessed. Fancy that. You're, you're, you're causing treason. You're illeg illegitimate. All said of Jesus. He understood. He knew. He knew the slander. And these Jews were slandering the church. So what they would say, uh, to give them a bad name, they were cannibals. Because <laughs> they took the, you know, obviously the bread, bread and the juice, and they said, "Oh, they they eat in, eat in, eat in." Again, twisting, and they're against family. Why are they against family? Because they called each other brother and sister, so they didn't think much of the family either. And so all these, of course, lies in it always lies, and they didn't they didn't uh, like Roman and all those things to, to slander them, to slander them. But ultimately, the Bible is very clear, isn't it? Um, that we will suffer. Testing is absolutely certain. Um, let's read a couple of verses. Uh, John 16, 33. <clears throat> These things I have spoken unto you, that in this you might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. In this world you will have tribulation. An absolute certainty. Because God is doing a work, isn't he? He's going to do a work. So that's definitely going to happen. James 1, 2 to 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete. Not laughing in. Yeah, so, so it, it is certain. But in it, remember, God is doing a purpose, isn't he? He's, he's working things out. Um, for purity, for refining, for obedience, for patience, for the fruit of the Spirit, um, teaching us lessons, bringing us down a peg sometimes, isn't it? Uh, causing us growth. Um, uh, really teaching and proving God's work in our lives. That we are children of him and he's trying to produce something in us that people will see so he says um he's not taking them out of it he's going to bring them through it do not be afraid i love those words jesus said many times fear not fear not again those words would have echoed in their hearts because they because he's going to say look i'll tell you what's going to happen he said the devil's going to come put some of you test you put some of you in prison and uh, he's not like our prisons, is he? Mm. That in itself is 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 a daunting thought. Uh, rat infested, you know, place those were. Uh, to test you and you will suffer persecution 10 days. Interesting, 10 days. Well, they say, not sure really what 10 days it, it, it has been used in the Old Testament, like an idiom for a specific and a short time um, of, of, you know, this is specific. He said, look, there's an end in sight. <laughs> an end in sight, of course. Some of them end is pretty quick as death. But also, it's very interesting that um, you can work it out. If you, if you go from Nero and look at uh, the persecutions up, up until uh, Diocletian, there was ten, 10 emperors that brought uh, persecution. So that could very easily uh, fit into that. Uh, up until Constantine. So that takes you up about 300, just over 300 AD. So... Um, uh, maybe they didn't want to know that. Perhaps they were just looking for the ten days. But yeah, but uh, the Lord was just again. Remember, remember that when God says something, there's an immediate 
And then there's, he's always speaking on different levels, isn't he? He's always speaking in, into the future as well. But he said, look, you will just be faithful. Be faithful even to the point of death. That in itself. Oh, Father, we know nothing about that, do we? Nothing at all. Um, and of course, again, the opposition, opposition uh, from the Jews. And Jesus is very clear. He said, they're not Jews. He said, that synagogue is a synagogue of Satan. Now, that's a, dear me. But again, we only have to look back into Jesus. And, and again, they, they, again, they would have known the scripture, uh, probably off by heart, some of them. They, you know, they're not like us. Read it now and again. They probably, you know, consumed it. John 8, John 8, 43, 44. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I said. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So, of course, they had history, didn't they? They had history, the Jews. Um, uh, if they didn't accept Jesus, they could be as, as, as awful, if not worse, to the Christians than anyone else. Um, and uh, they proved it. And he said, even here, they were getting people in trouble. And, of course, if they, if they wouldn't worship, they were thrown to wild animals um, in, a, in an arena for sport. We don't understand that. that doesn't, mm. But that's, that's what they did in those days, or burn them at the stake. Give or take, or take either. But he said, let me tell you, be faithful. Be faithful and you will have the crown of life. Mm. That's a beautiful picture because remember, these were poverty-stricken men. They never saw a crown. Of course, again, in that environment, Jesus knew what it was because big athletic games there. So every time a winner would come, they would be crowned with a wreath. Not a, it's a Stephanus, it's not a, a diadem, it's a wreath. Uh, when they had celebrations, the people, they would wear the crown. Of course, they would never be at those, would they? Couldn't be at those. Um, uh, people in the city uh, who, who were honoured, uh, who had a, a, a place in the city, had crowns, a wreath. And Jesus said, don't you worry about that. Those crowns fade. They are t for time. He said, let me see, if you're faithful to me, you will have a crown of life forever. See, it's changing their thinking from time to eternity. Now, we find that difficult because everything is pretty good, isn't it? Pretty easy. And, uh, but the wonderful thing when, when persecution does come, they were totally dependent upon the Lord. Um, the fellowship was so sweet. Why? Because it was difficult. And they had to rely upon not on just the Lord, but upon each other. Fellowship was wonderful. I just read and I read some quotes from Open Doors and uh, one chap from a place in North Africa said, you know, we can't meet, but when we do meet, it's such a sweet time because we, we are deprived of meeting together. But when we come, it's just a beautiful time of fellowship where we can come and encourage one another and bless each other and be with one another. Um, and of course, fellowship, you know, again, the lie of the devil. Fellowship is for strengthening, for sharpening, for security, for support, all those things. You take yourself out of those things and you may think you're okay. But remember, when we try and, and have our own you know, idea, we're generally way out, didn't we? What did Jesus say there? You are poor, you know you're poor. But he said you're rich. He contradicts their thinking, contradicts their opinion. And uh, that's always good to come back and say, Lord, what do you think? 
What is your opinion on the situation, even when it's going difficultly? There was great unity, great love, and absolute dependence upon him. These great verses, when there's difficulty, uh, what could they do? Where could they turn? Habakkuk 3, 17 to 19. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail, and the field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no cure in the stores. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength, and he will make my feet like hinds feet. Mm. He will make me to walk upon my high places to the chief singer on the string instruments. It's a great prayer part. Remember, Habakkuk was praying for revival, and the Lord said, well, I, I'm, going to re- I'm going to do it a different way, he said. You're going to get invaded first by the Babylonians. And he said, whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't pray for that, Lord. I didn't pray for that. He said, that's what's going to happen. And there's going to be devastation because of sin. Sin causes devastation. And uh, at the end, he says, okay, Lord. He said, if everything goes uh, to pot, he said, I'll, I'll still trust you. I'll still bless you. You are my strength. You are my God. Even, even if difficulty, difficulty comes, I will walk upon the hills. I love that. You'll walk upon it. Because the Bible says our inheritance is that we will reign in life. Didn't say we'd have a, an easy life, or no, but we'll reign, still reign, we'll overcome us, we still overcome us, even in the difficulty. Um, let's read some of these verses, uh, some of these quotes from these um, people, again, who are undergoing persecution. A, a lady from um, India, whether I die or I live, that is for the Lord. Um, she was savagely beaten for daring to follow Jesus. God is always with me. Pray for the persecutors who oppose God, that they may know the love of God. See, that's only the Lord can do that in our lives, isn't it? That's so wonderful. Um, uh, Chap in Myanmar, evangelist. There are ten villages near you, and they are still in the dark. I want to extend my mission towards them, help them out. So please pray for my mission, my purpose. Um, And uh, every time he goes, there's great opposition. Great opposition. this one by he he was in Nigeria, which should be, should be, um, but in North Nigeria, Boko Haram, of course, is much, and they, they attacked him and scarred him, massive scars. He said, at one point, he said, I hid my scars because I didn't really want um, to bring attention to it. But he said, but this incident has increased my faith. No matter what the enemy will do against me, if your time has not yet come, there's nothing you can do, he said. Um... He said, when it, when it was, it's, it, the, he kept pounding the heart in his heart. I, I counted all joy, he said, but with hatred of those, what the people did. I counted all joy, but again, with the second chance God gave me, that joy had to exist. The evidence of my scars are the evidence of the existence of God, Manga says. Um, see, that's, that brings us to a place of absolute dependence and of beauty. We come through into the faithfulness of be faithful even to the point of death, which some would. And of course, um, uh, Polycarp, uh, who was bishop, who studied under John as a young man, um, would come and pay the ultimate price. He was an old man. Um, they say late 80s, maybe 90, um, probably 80, well, quote is, is quote depending how you look at it. Um, and they came to, why they took him when he was an old man, who knows? But they came to his house, they say, and when he said, he said, oh, he said, you come away. He said, because he'd, he'd moved out of the city because they'd warned him. He didn't really want to go. And uh, they came and he said, oh, look, let me, let me give you something to eat, he said. 
This was the guys who were coming to take him. So he fed him. He said, no, he said, give me two hours. He said, I want to pray. Give me two hours. So while they read it, he had two hours to pray. When he came back, he said, right now, I'm coming with you. Let's go. And so they take him into, into Smyrna. And uh, they're going to burn him. They're just about to uh, pin him to the uh, stake. He said, don't need to pin me, he said. Um, uh, what did he say? Uh, I did have a quote on that. He said, the Lord, the Lord will keep me. He said, the Lord will stay. I'm not going to go anywhere. He said, I'll be all right. And then, obviously, the, the, the guy, the leader in Rome said, look, just recant. Turn. He said, just once, he said, and I, I, I don't want to kill you. He said, you're an old man, you know. I don't wanna. He said, look, he said, for 80, 80 and six years have I served Christ. Nor has he ever done me any harm. How then can I blaspheme my king who saved me? I bless thee, Lord, for deigning me worthy of this day and this hour, that I may be among the martyrs and drink the cup of my Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, because remember, mm-hmm. 11 out of 12, no, 10 out of 12, mm-hmm. sorry, well, I suppose to come Paul, all martyrs, all martyrs except John. So it was nothing new. And he was saying, thank you for coming me worthy, Lord. Uh, to, to die for you and it's interesting that the, the, the history goes that he was uh, they lit the fire but that west wind that west breeze Zephyr blew the, blew the fire out so the Romans he said right kill him stab him and they, they chopped him up to death um, an old man but I love those he said how can I blaspheme the Lord oh, but the Lord already pre-warned him God said this is poor but let me say he said uh, he, he then he, he clarifies he said um, they overcome now you he was an ear let him hear let him hear what the spirit says how to behave in tribulation tribulation will come this is how you behave keep faithful keep looking to me he said he overcomes will not be hurt at all by the second death hallelujah um, if you're born once you'll die twice if you're born again if you're born twice you'll die once so they say Let's read these verses. You'll find the second death talked about in Revelation 20:21. Let's read one verse to close. Revelation 20, verse 6. Blessed and holy are those who, are, who have heart in the, fire, in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. There we are. Those first resurrection will not be heard in the second death. Of course, as we know, that's not a death. That's that's an eternity away from the Lord in torment, which is even a, a frightening thought in itself. But he said, if you know me, it'll not hurt you at all. Why? Because we we are his. So great encouragement. Um, it's when we just dig down, the Lord sees, the Lord knows, the Lord could see into the situation and uh, speak, speaking over them, those words of grace and comfort and fear not, keep going, keep going. I can see it's going to be difficult, but you know, people have gone before you, people will come after you and you will be a testimony to them. And uh, as we said, we will probably never go to that, those extremes of persecution, um, but things could get tough. People are losing jobs even now, aren't they? When they make a stand for the Lord, uh, so uh, things will tighten. But uh, God is good, and He's faithful, and uh, the crown of life, eternity is our is our home. This is not our home; eternity is. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. To find out more about our church 
including our service times, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org.